What is up, guys? Welcome back to Fit Body Secrets, where my mission is to bring you guys inspiration, motivation, and a ton of tips to help you guys on your fitness journey. And today's episode is going to be all about taking a food audit. And I wanted to kind of relate this to a money budget and how we might oftentimes find ourselves, hey, maybe we've been like spending a little bit of money and all of a sudden we're like, man, where's all my money going? So we maybe spend a period of time you know, dialing in and really watching our expenses. We realize we're spending five bucks a day at Starbucks. We're spending another $10 at Wawa's and we're, you know, stopping at this store and grabbing X, Y, Z. Maybe we're going to the grocery store too often throughout the week and buying random things rather than sticking to a list. And it just helps us to kind of understand where our expenses are going. Um, and I think that this can be very, a, a really easy way for you guys to understand the importance of, of actually doing the exact same thing with our food and how that can actually help you guys be more successful with being consistent with the nutrition plan, with actually troubleshooting why you feel the way you do, um, and, and honestly help you understand how to actually lose weight in an effective way that is actually sustainable for you. So the whole goal of today is to get you guys to understand that this is a, a tool that you guys can use. It's not something that you're going to do forever. Uh, but it can be very, very, very eye-opening when you actually take the time to do it. So if anything that comes up today sparks some questions for you, you have, you know, maybe some thoughts on actually doing this and you're maybe a little bit overwhelmed. The other thing that I want to do today is hopefully underwhelm you guys and make this a lot easier. And I'm going to be honest, I can remember my very first food journal. I was 19 years old and uh, I had just started following a new, a new program and there was like a food list that I was following and I was starting to figure out that I needed to start to control calories because my weight was not moving anymore. So I started just with a simple notebook and I would go online at the time there was only dial up internet. Um, and I would like go to what was then I think dogpile.com or yahoo.com and look up the nutrition facts of some different foods. And at that point I was really just looking at calories and protein. So I would just jot down four ounces of chicken breast, 120 calories. And I would just keep going that way throughout the day. Uh, but now with technology, it's so easy. And it's why when people tell me that they feel like food tracking is annoying, it's like, well, I don't think it's really annoying. I think it's really, we don't like the way it feels to see that what we're eating is actually doing exactly what we don't want it to do, that we actually don't want to be, we don't want to be confronted that the problem is really within our control. And I know this because this was me at one point. Um, you know, I kind of avoided logging things. I'm like, oh, I'm not doing too bad. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. And then when I actually started logging them and I realized, man, I'm going to have to give up all that peanut butter I'm having. I'm going to have to stop. You're going to have to start cutting back on that trail mix. And when I started realizing that, that's when it became a little bit more uncomfortable. So I think that, you know, while people can think that food tracking is annoying and overwhelming, I'm going to hopefully underwhelm you guys on what might be going wrong. But be honest and say, hey, like, I don't think it's that it's overwhelming. I think that we actually have a lot of guilt about what we're logging. And it's hard to face the fact that, hey, we've got to change some things in order to make changes happen with our body and how we feel. So if uh, anything resonates with you today, please let me know. I want to hear from you. I want to help you. Um, shoot me a message. Shoot me a DM. Shoot me an email. Whatever works best for you. And uh, if you guys have any questions as I'm going through this, please feel free to uh, post them up in the comments. I have it opened up on my, on my screen. So if you guys do uh, put questions in there, I should be able to see them live. So I am going to be uh, going off some notes today. So let me go ahead and pull those up because I want to make sure I start and get everything covered because I have a lot of thoughts about this topic. So first and foremost, all right. I know that there are a lot of people out there that talk to you about 
where they talk about like, you don't have to track your calories in order to see results. You don't have to do this. Follow this plan. You won't have to actually count a thing or you don't have to worry about macros, blah, 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 blah. And I'll be honest. Okay. They're absolutely right. But what these, these programs tend to do is rather than having you have the flexibility of going in and picking your food choices, they essentially are going to spit you out with a food plan and tell you, well, if you just eat these foods, you're going to hit these macros. So they're essentially doing it without having you do it. And that can be great for some people. In fact, I offer this in my program. If you, you can be flexible or here, you can follow these templates, whatever works better for you. Uh, because some people do work better with just having structure. However, most of us would like to be able to know that if we don't want to have, you know, fish and cantaloupe for lunch, that we could also choose to have chicken and apple or chicken and rice. You know what I'm saying? Just giving you guys some examples here, because I want you to know that the goal is to give you guys some flexibility here. And so I don't care what people say, uh, whatever program that they're offering you, they are in some way, shape or form doing exactly what tracking your food is going to do. They're just doing it in a roundabout way. And I'll be honest, there are flaws in all areas. I think the biggest flaw is that the person has to be compliant with what they're doing. So whether they're tracking their food or they're following the program, they have to be sticking to the program, aka the meal plan or the meal template, or they have to be actually tracking everything that they're eating. But this is all actually coming after the fact of the that the real goal of today is to show you guys like, hey, let's leave all that stuff on the back seat burner for right now or the back burner for right now. And let's focus on just getting the food audit, because this is the number one thing that you can use to help make changes and, and actually make the changes so much less overwhelming. Um, so what exactly is a food audit? It's essentially, like I mentioned, associating with your, your money budget. We're just taking time to review our current nutritional habits and assess what we might need to change. Um, we're looking for a few different things. One of the things we're going to be looking at is what is our food quality like? You know, like how many servings of vegetables are we getting? Are we getting in whole grains? Are we getting in enough protein? Where are we getting these foods from? Um, are we getting in enough fiber? The frequency of our meals, like how often are we eating throughout the day? Are we finding that we are having to track things all the time because we're literally just randomly snacking on things throughout the day? Or do we have pretty good structure? Are we skipping breakfast? Like it just gives you an understanding of, you know, how often you're eating and you're in your eating patterns frequency of meals eaten out. So how often do we find ourselves in the drive-thru at Starbucks or at a restaurant with friends? How often are we actually cooking versus eating things that have already been prepared? Uh, the macronutrient balance of our preferences, not, not what we feel like we have to eat, but what do we naturally gravitate towards in our diet? Uh, do we find that we're super high fat, low protein? Do we find that we're super high carb, low fat? Like what do we see as a pattern or a trend? Do we find that our calories at different times of day are higher than others? Is our dinner way higher in calories than our breakfast? We, we just want to kind of take a look at our overall nutritional habits without actually any judgment or any changes per se, but just to kind of understand like where, where things are at. Fiber intake, protein intake, I already mentioned. Um, what are our portions look like? And, and really just getting an understanding of all those things. We also want to see uh, how does our, our week trends tend to change? So what does our weekdays look like versus our weekends? You know, do we have a couple of days of the week where we're super busy and we don't eat a whole bunch because of our work schedule? Like, what does our trends tend to be? And we want to do this for about the best way is for two full weeks. But I think seven to 10 days is a great start.
before, and you can start, I would say start with seven to 10 days because that's when you can usually start to make some adjustments to things, but seven to 10 days is a good start. So when you're doing this, it's really important that even though it's going to be, you're going to kind of want to start to jump the gun and start to make changes. I really encourage people for the first seven days or so not to try and make too many changes because um, that becomes more of a judgment. And sometimes we adjust the wrong things and that can actually start to lead to that overwhelm. I think that the first step is like, let me just track and not like really overthink things and just kind of see how things go. Now, with that being said, sometimes when we start tracking things, we naturally change habits to make the tracking easier, right? So we might find that after a couple of days, we're going to stop randomly snacking throughout the day because it's also really time consuming to hop into my fitness pal every two seconds because we're logging something else. So we want to be able to kind of just kind of keep things status quo, uh, but also it's okay if things just tend to change naturally. And the goal is to really eat what you're normally doing, but I would suggest using a food scale as much as you can to check portions. And my recommendation in this phase is not to actually weigh things out in order to get a certain amount. I would recommend like putting your plate on the scale or putting the tr or the container on the scale of whatever you're taking and taking out your normal portion and then seeing how much you actually took uh, to be able to see what, you, what you're naturally falling uh, tends to be or your trends tend to be. So you might see that you're like, wow, I never eat enough protein. I thought I was getting four to five ounces and I'm really only getting two to three. So um, that just helps you do that naturally without actually starting to kind of fall into that. Like I'm making changes now. Um, it just really allows you to get the understanding of what your body naturally does and what your brain naturally does rather than having something already in your head that you have to be doing. So you can definitely use a notebook, but I honestly really recommend using a food tracking app. Um, I think my fitness pal, I'm going to be honest, is, is probably going to be the most popular one. It's been around probably the longest. Um, and even though there's other ones out there, chronometer, yada, 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 um, my macros plus whatever you want to say, even first form has an app, but I just think that my fitness pal tends to be the most user-friendly. You can add your own stuff. People want to bitch about the fact that you got to pay for premium to use a scanner, but you know what? Like that's a convenience thing and they're making money. And guess what? If, if $15 a month, uh, to have convenience isn't worth it to you, then don't pay for the freaking scanner. You know, it's just like it's $15 a month is really small in the grand scheme of things, especially we talk about money budgets and how many things that we do spend money on that really don't make any sense. Um, we can make coffee at home, but why do we go to Starbucks? Cause it's more convenient, right? So if you want to have that convenience, you're going to pay for it. Um, I've been paying for the premium for years now and yeah, is it, does it, it's 15 bucks a month or whatever it is, but it's worth it to me. I can adjust my calories by macro or by grams or my macros by grams. I don't have to worry about percentages. It doesn't seem to be, a, it's not a big deal to me. So um, anyway, so uh, the other thing that I will say is that in the beginning, when you're first starting this, uh, the reason I don't like people trying to make a whole bunch of changes is because there's already going to be a lot of effort if you've never done this before. Um, like for instance, when I talked about when I first started tracking food, I was having to go online and do research. A lot of times when you first start tracking things, you are going to have to do a little bit of research um, just to see what the macronutrients and the calories are of those foods to make sure that you're actually logging them appropriately. Um, that is one of the downsides of MyFitnessPal, but I think it's a downside of all the apps are all going to be a little bit off. And I'll be honest, guys, don't look for perfection here. However, you're logging things, just stay consistent. And in my clients, with my clients, I I do offer, I have a common foods list so that they can see how that they're logging things is correct. And I actually do comb through their food journals to help them with that kinds of stuff. 
when we get started so that they're not just like left in the dark and they're tracking something wrong for two months and realize, oh my God, I thought I was only eating, you know, five grams of fat for that. And I'm really eating 15. So I watch all that kind of stuff. It usually happens more so when people are eating out or they're logging things that are like pre-made, uh, like lasagna or like casseroles, like shepherd's pie. Um, anyways, but we're going to go more into the MyFitnessPal stuff in a little bit. I want to just to start with talking about the food audit and getting it set up and, and obviously starting it. So what you also want to pay attention to um, in this phase is your feedback, your biofeedback. So how are you feeling? Energy throughout the day, hunger cues, cravings, um, and also things that tend to impact your food choices. So if you find that every day at 4 p.m. you start to get super stressed and like you're reaching for the candy jar, like you want to pay attention to that stuff too, because that's going to help you make better changes as we go into part two of this. And guys, this is why I want you to understand that as much as you guys focus on the dieting tactics and and the macros and all this stuff, there's there's more to your nutrition than just following the program, right? There's reasons why following the program can be hard. That's why so this is also going to help you get more consistent because now we can identify these things. We can help you work on the things that matter most. Okay. So now we want to talk about um, the actual application of this, taking action and actually using MyFitnessPal. And I'm going to stick with MyFitnessPal because that's what I use. Um, like I said, there is a ton of apps out there. Um, but some things that you guys can do to make this less overwhelming for yourself is um, when you're getting used to using the app is don't try and like log things while you're in a very stressful situation. Um, you know, if you're trying to figure out how many calories are in X, Y, Z, and it's like, you've got the boss yelling at you or your kids are screaming at you. And like, you can't figure things out, do yourself a favor, keep a little notebook nearby and just jot down. I had 5.2 ounces of chicken, 150 grams of rice, uh, 35 grams of dressing and you know, whatever you had, you just logging, you're writing things down there. I had, you know, a, a granola bar and yogurt, like whatever you had, you're just writing it down with the amounts and you can always go in later on and, and log it then. Because remember at this point, we're not making changes. We're not shooting for goals. We're just keeping a food audit. And this is going to help you be less overwhelmed in the situation. You have to be mindful and go back in and actually do this later on. But at least you've gotten that whole like stressful situation out of the way and you can continue on about your business. Um, you want to stay consistent with how you're tracking things. The other cool thing about a lot of the apps, specifically my fitness pal is, uh, once you start logging foods, it starts remembering those foods and you can just kind of like log, uh, the same foods over and over again, using the same entries. You can, even if you have a lot of the same meals, like I know for me, it's like swipe from left swipe from or swipe from yesterday. I can do that and kind of repeat things. And especially even if I'm just changing one or two things, like I always have pretty much the same breakfast. So I just kind of swipe over. And if I make a couple of adjustments, I can. Um, but that just makes it easy and convenient for you to kind of do that. Um, and I think that those are the main tips for using MyFitnessPal. If you are making recipes, um, there is obviously a recipe app. But what I will tell you guys is while you're doing the food audit, do yourself a favor and like don't stress so much about the recipes. What I would recommend doing, and I've given this tip to my clients who will have like desserts that they haven't prepared or uh, they are having, they're at a, a friend's house or, or, or they just made something that is a little bit more indulgent, like let's just call it lasagna. Rather than sweating about it, just go find like a frozen entry. Like I like to tell people like use like Stouffer's lasagna or like whatever, Marie Callender's apple pie or whatever it is you're having. And just weigh your portion and log it as that and use that weight. Like, so, you know, if it says that like 100, 
50 grams as a serving of the apple pie and you, you know, log 200 grams of yours, go ahead and use that entry. Save yourself a headache. It's not going to be 100% accurate, but like I said, right now, the goal is just to get an overall guesstimation of where you're at. Um, and, and this is going to be really cool for you guys to see, you know, it's like really cool for you guys to look at what, wow, here's where I'm at. I'm way under eating during the week. I can see that because I'm too busy, but then on the weekends, I tend to make it up a lot. The weekends is really where people don't understand the impact that their food choices are having um, on, you know, their overall calorie budget. So that's the main tips on getting into the food, 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 the food audit. All right. So what I want to also tell you guys is this, is if you find that you're like, this is too much work. All right. Ask yourself this, like, how much does this goal mean to you? How bad do you feel right now? All right. Because I'll be honest, it came to a point for me where I was like, I was frustrated and tired of like guessing at things and getting nowhere. So when I actually took the time to do this, yeah, there was some effort involved, but it was worth it. And it really wasn't hard. It would just required me to be a little bit more thoughtful of my food. Um, I had to take one extra step before I ate things. And if you truly want to change, like I said, this is going to really help you out with this. Why I like this method is because, like I said, it allows you to really optimize um, the change that you're making to make sure that you're making the right changes at the right times, you know? Um, I think people often will jump right into macro counting or macro tracking or right into a meal plan with no understanding of what their current nutrition habits are like. And that can be really shocking, not only from a mental perspective, like the whole like mentally, I've got so much stuff that I'm doing now, but also physically, a lot of people drop their calories too much and then they don't understand why they can't be compliant after four days. You know, so if we figure out where we're at, we can actually make small changes and that it actually makes it a lot easier. So it's like if you are, you know, I mean, I guess I can use the money budget thing, but if you're spending, you know, an extra thousand dollars a week on something and then you're like, all of a sudden you're like, I'm just going to cut everything out. Well, that's great. But like now you're like feeling miserable because you can't have your Starbucks. You can't have, like you want to just try and figure out where you can pull back a little bit. Right. So that's what we're thinking about here. And we're or maybe we need to add more. So now let's talk about how we're going to optimize things a little bit beyond that food audit, because this is like the next step for you guys is understanding, OK, now that we've got this. Uh, what's next. So you've taken your seven to 10 days, like, and you've been like super committed, you've been focused and you've like done everything you've tracked everything. And you know, like that was a little bit more awareness than you've ever had before in your life. That's how it should feel. You should be like, man, I have been hyper-focused on my food for seven to 10 days and that's okay. Seven to 10 days. That's all you've done. 10 days out of your entire life being focused on your food. Realize, realize how small of a percentage of your overall life that is. Okay. You took the 10 days, you did it. Great job. Okay. How do we optimize things now? All right. So this is where um, we want to know what is our body's current basal metabolic rate and our total daily energy expenditure. These numbers are only estimates. So they're not going to be 100% exact estimates. Um, and I've spoken about this before. You can go online and find a calculator. Um, you want to use one that uses the Mifflin St. Jor equation. Uh, and you're going to look up your basal metabolic rate. And you're going to calculate essentially where you think about your TDE as your total daily energy expenditure. That's going to also um, figure in your, you know, how many days a week you work out, that kinds of stuff, how active your job is and stuff like that. Like I said, they're not going to be 100% accurate. Mine are usually significantly underestimated, but some people's are also overestimated. It just depends on the individual um, and how lean your muscle or how lean you are is going to play a factor in your BMR. So if you've got more muscle tissue, 
that can be off a little bit versus if you have less muscle tissue. So we want to know that those are just estimates, um, but we have at least kind of like a baseline that we can kind of assess where are we currently at to this TDE. And once again, using MyFitnessPal, the cool thing is you can go into MyFitnessPal and it's going to ask you when you're looking at your nutrients dashboard, it'll say, do you want to look at the day's nutrients or do you want to look at the week? And it'll actually allow you to see your average for the entire week. And you can use that number. And that's the number that you're actually looking for. Average of seven to 10 days. Where have you been calorically? You can actually do it by the month too, which is really cool. Uh, where were your calories at? Where was your protein at, carbs and fats? These are going to be the most important things for you to realize that it's not just the day. Now we're seeing an average picture of what our overall week looks like. And for those of you guys that don't understand the impact that maybe you are doing like three or four days a week of tracking, but then three or four days a week of not tracking, this helps you understand how those days might be offsetting things. So now that we have that, we can compare, okay, here's where my TDE is. Here's where my average intake is. If I'm, you know, pretty matched on that, well, that's why I'm not losing weight. Okay. That's why I'm probably not getting anywhere with my weight loss. Um, if I'm significantly over, that might be why I'm gaining weight. If I'm significantly under, okay, I should be losing weight. Why am I not losing weight? All right. So that's where we can kind of use that to optimize things a little bit. We also want to realize that there's more to your nutrition than numbers. And that's why I hate, this is one of my pet peeves is when I have a client say, I'm going to be so off on my numbers today. I'm going to be so off on my numbers today. Okay. People tend to look at numbers for food. And yes, the numbers are relevant, but your food is more relevant than the numbers. All right. So like, why are you under eating today? Why did you not prioritize getting in normal food throughout the day? All right. So it's not about the numbers. It's what made it difficult for you to eat consistently throughout the day. And that's why I think that looking at the food audit and looking at your trends is also helpful. If I see somebody that, you know, three or four days of the week, they've only eaten breakfast and dinner. Why are you not eating the other day? Oh, because I'm running the kids around all day. Okay, well, can you pack a protein shake and an apple and then another light meal, like a, a yogurt and a, some granola? Like you can make things happen now that you have that audit. Um, so we want to be looking at comparing our uh, numbers first and foremost. So our BMR TDE to our current intake. We also want to take a look at nutrient deficiencies. How much protein are we getting? You know, are, are we significantly under? Most people should be hitting around... 0.8 to 1.2 grams of uh, per pound of body weight, or if you have a lot of body fat, then your goal body weight or, uh, you know, estimated where you want to get to, you know, so if you're five foot three and you're 205 pounds, obviously we want to be looking at probably somewhere, what would the, like a healthy BMI be for somebody, probably somewhere in like the 120 to 150 range. So that's probably where you should be shooting for. This is just blanket numbers here, guys, just kind of giving you some basic advice. Um, but are you getting enough protein? You know, what does your food quality look like? How, how frequently are you getting vegetables in your day? Maybe you look back and you're like, man, I only get vegetables on Monday and Tuesday because those are the days that I have prep from Sunday. Uh, I noticed that towards the week, I don't get any more veggies and I got to start figuring that out. Uh, you start looking at all the little things and that helps you looking at, like I said, the, the snacking and all that stuff. So now we can start to optimize based on what is going to matter most for you. First thing to optimize, obviously, is what are your specific goals? So if you are trying to lose fat, okay, now we can adjust your intake uh, or your movement to create a deficit. If you are looking to optimize for performance, now we can optimize your food amounts and the meal timing and structure for recovery and energy. 
If your goals are overall health, now we can optimize, make sure you're getting in enough of everything and spending some time eating at maintenance before we move into intuitive eating, which is moving away from tracking. And at the end of the goal, end goal for everybody here, guys, is that you shouldn't have to track your food forever, that we should be finding a graduation at some point away from the tracking app. But this is the means to get you to a result and also dial things in a little bit with allowing you guys to have flexibility to choose the foods that you want to choose. So that's kind of what we want to tweak. All right. So first and foremost, what matters most? What should you be looking to tweak first? And it's it's kind of the chicken or the egg scenario because something works better for some one person than well, what I'm trying to say is that like what works for one person isn't going to work for the other person. Some people can focus on the numbers and it, it fixes the, the food quality, the amount of meals that they're eating for the day, throughout the day, because now they're actually having to go in and plan their day out ahead of time. And it makes them more consistent and structured in their food. Others do better with fixing food quality. And that just helps, helps them fix the numbers. They can start to realize, okay, I'm not eating a whole bunch of lean proteins and complex carbs by adding those things in and balancing out their meals. Now they're getting closer to hitting their numbers. So it really depends on where that person's at and what is going to be the most effective way for them to be able to see results with the end goal being like, we want to get the calories and the macronutrients balanced out. We want to get some meal structure built in and ensure high quality food. And we want to also understand how those things impact our energy levels, our mood and our compliance and our consistency. So that's kind of what we want to be thinking about. All right. So this is why I think that some people can really tend to um, be so stressed out about food tracking. And I think it's because they start with trying to track and hit macros and all this kinds of stuff. Um, thank you so much, Kenneth. I, I'm so happy to hear that I rock. Um, but they try and focus on so many things at once and it makes it overwhelming. Right. So if you look at your food diary and you're like, I'm literally eating out for every single meal. Okay, let's just start cooking at home because that might actually help you be more consistent with things. You know, we can start to work on different things to change. And the tracking is just a way for you to keep tabs of things. So this is my plug for all of you guys to take yourself seriously. If you've been trying things that you think are going to be easy, right? You're like, I'm easy to go jump into a low carb diet. I'm easy to go jump into a challenge. I'm easy to go do these things. And you've never taken the time to just non-judgmentally log what you like to eat the way you eat right now. Okay. Do it. Give yourself the opportunity to actually learn what you do when you're not trying to lose weight because the end goal is never weight loss. Okay. The end goal isn't weight loss. If guys, if your goal is weight loss, y'all be very un unfulfilled. All right. Unfulfilled because guess what? Weight loss is a temporary process unless you've been trying a bunch of things that aren't working for too long. Right. Hopefully you do the weight loss journey and it's over. It's the maintaining of those results that matters most. And so by keeping a food tracking, food tracking, you can actually now see what happened when you weren't tracking. And after you get the weight off, now you know what you have to watch out for. Um, I do, it's called a graduation from intentional eating, quote unquote, keeping tabs of things into intuitive eating. I want people to walk away from keeping track of food in the app if they want to. Some clients prefer to track. And that's okay. I am a tracker. I think it's for me, it's just like keeping a money budget. Like I said, I, I don't, it doesn't bother me to log my food in an app. Um, I don't feel restricted by it. If I have something, you know, it just allows me to keep tabs of things. So some people don't want that, but by doing it for a period of time, now you have a tool. 
Uh, Kenneth, I think you're the only one that's actually asked. I mean, I see people watching, but nobody's asking me any questions. Guys, do you have any, have any questions? Um, I am also doing a Q&A tomorrow as well in my Facebook group. So uh, if you guys have any nutrition questions related to anything at all, nutrition, training, hormones, yada, 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 whatever that I can do to help you guys with, I want y'all to post them up for me. Um, I've asked on my, my Facebook, my Instagram, and in my Facebook group for you guys to post them because I want to be able to have plenty of things to ask or to answer for you all. Uh, but today I want you guys to get serious about keeping a food journal, because if you are frustrated with a lack of results, uh, this is probably the one thing that you can do. And I'll be honest, I know because I experienced this myself. In fact, in my email uh, list this week, I put out an email talking about meal prep. I used to meal prep every single Sunday, like everything portioned out. I would use a food scale. I'd weigh out my four ounces of chicken, my vegetables. Well, I didn't weigh out my vegetables. I'll be honest. I was just like cooking them and putting them in. Um, but I would just weigh out my potatoes, weigh out my veggies or weigh out my chicken and all that kinds of stuff. Um, I agreed, Kenneth, you'd be surprised what I see. Um, and then I would have these meals prepared for the entire week, right? Which was typically going to be lunch and dinner. Um, and then my breakfast was usually pretty standard, but I would spend so much time doing this. And trying to make different things and yada, yada, yada. But what I wasn't paying attention to was the calories that were going in around those meals. You know, I was definitely under eating. So like the meals I was preparing were not very satiating. There was usually too low of fat, uh, not enough calories in them. And so in between those meals, I would get really hungry and I would be like, let me go to Starbucks and get a coffee. And I'm going to get the coffee with the heavy cream. And I watched them dump, you know, a quarter cup of cream in my coffee. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I'd have a quest bar and then I'd want another quest bar and I would justify the fact that there was only two grams of net carbs in the quest bar. So I could have two of them. Um, I would do stupid things like that. And I would reason with myself, you know, I was convincing myself that it was okay to eat higher fat because that was, you know, neutral on insulin levels. And that that was going to mean that I didn't gain weight and then I was slowly gaining weight. So there was so many things that I tried to reason with myself outside of those meals and when I finally got into food tracking and was tracking everything, it was eye-opening. I was like, okay, I really have to watch everything and this sucks. And I was hungry. And so, but I think that that's why doing it the right way allows you guys to really be able to dial things in and, and honestly, hopefully not experience what I, which was, I was just like, I dropped calories way too much. <laughs> so, um, because I was significantly overeating before when I wasn't paying attention and I, and I ate very healthy, by the way, I was following a paleo diet at this point. I was very, very clean eating, no grains, no dairy, everything. Well, the quest bars were probably the worst thing that I ate and a clip, a kill clip at the time before fit aid was a thing. Um, but the second I started tracking my food, I was like, oh, and guess what? The results started happening pretty darn quickly. So, but yeah. How much of hunger is emotional versus physical, you think? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I think it depends on the person. Um, obviously, I also would look at how many calories they're eating, right, Kenneth? That's a that's a question that could have many answers. Um, if a person is emotionally eating, like emotionally hungry, um, I mean, I'm, that's a very tough question to answer without actually knowing the, the application or like the, the actual person, you know, like... Some people, yeah, they do. They, they feed their feelings for sure. But other people are under eating and then they get emotional and they're like, oh my God, why am I binging? 
well, you've been under eating. So now you're emotional and you're overeating. <laughs> so like, there's like definitely a, once again, another one of those chicken or the egg scenarios, sometimes under eating causes you to get more anxiety and emotions and obviously makes cravings come out. So I think it depends. I think that we can learn. How, so here's, here's a better answer for your question. How about how do we identify emotional hunger versus physical hunger? Um, I think that'd be a better question to answer. Um, and the answer really is, is, well, number one, if you've done a food audit and you know that you're eating enough calories um, and asking yourself, what are you trying to feed? Like physical hunger typically will feel like a pit in your stomach. You likely will have some jittery feelings. Maybe you're thinking about food. And if you're physically hungry, you usually aren't physically hungry for something in a specific thing. It's usually like I would eat my next meal and be happy, you know, like physically hungry. That's usually what happens. Emotional hunger um, is typically going to be like, maybe you don't have that feeling in your stomach, but you might have a thought in your mouth for something like a taste in your mouth for something like, I really want to feel this, like a comfort food is probably a better way to identify it. So um, a lot of people eat to de-stress Kenneth. Uh, and I think that that's also why keeping a food audit is super helpful. But I also think that sometimes the answer to avoiding uh, eating for stress or boredom, Amanda, is to actually eat enough calories. So I actually mentioned this to one of my friends who's trying to help her husband out. I think that he's under eating throughout the day and it's causing him to overeat at night when he's at home. So I think that sometimes by front loading calories, it's a mental thing. You're like, I've eaten so much food today. I can't keep eating. Like this is not good for me. So it actually mentally, because you're satiated, it's, it's cool how the brain and the body work together. So I think sometimes by getting in enough food, you actually will stop the boredom eating and the stress eating. Those are, those are good things. Um, I am a bored eater. So yeah, if you're, if you're a boredom eater, I think the best thing that you can do honestly is a food audit and, and start to really identify that stuff. So Amanda, if you haven't done one of these before, you definitely should give yourself the seven to 10 days and see how it goes. Any other questions, guys? I see nine people watching. Come on, post them up. I know you got them. Nothing. All right, kids. Like I said, tomorrow I am going to be doing a Q&A in my Facebook group. So if you guys do have questions on anything, uh, please let me know. But just to kind of recap everything for today, um, if you are looking to get a food audit done, um, and you want some help, like what I will, here's what I will do for anybody that's watching this right now. Okay. If you will do this for me. All right. So do a food audit, give yourself seven to 10 days of accurately tracking your food in an app. Okay. Track everything, no judgment portions, everything. If you want me to evaluate your nutrition, I will do it for free. Okay. I will get you a start. So like what I want you to do though, is like commit to it. I'm going to commit to tracking my food for seven to 10 days. So what you're going to do is when you, when you watch this or whatever, go ahead and shoot me a message, um, either DM me or I'll put my email in the show notes, go ahead and be like, all right, I want to do the food audit. So let me know. You can even post in the comments here. Um, and seven to 10 days, non-judgmental tracking. Let me look at everything that you're doing. Um, looking at your habits. And then what I will do is I will actually do a assessment uh, based on what you're eating. And we can actually kind of get you a plan to hopefully help you get the ball rolling. And I'll be honest, if you commit to a seven to 10 day food audit, I know that you're also committed. You're committed to seeing changes. You want changes. 
And I think it all comes down to us being, we have to be in a place where it's like, I am so tired of feeling this way that I want to change. I'm interested in food that is easy to grab. <laughs> I think we all are, Kim, for sure. I'm, I'm happy you guys are getting value out of this. I'm trying to do them more live, Kenneth, for sure. Finding things to bring to work that doesn't have to be heated up with protein. Oh, that's easy. Okay, so I love salad bowls and stuff like that. Like the cool thing about salads, guys, I know that it's like bird food. Listen, if you like specific flavors, salads are the best way for you to get veggies in while not having to cook and actually being able to like add some variety. You can make a taco bowl. You can make a chef salad. You can make a like an Italian style salad. You can do so many different things with them and add a bunch of stuff. Um, Bruce, you are very late. I'm actually finishing up. Um, I'm glad you're liking it. And let's say I'm saying your name wrong. Um, veggies. That's so funny. Bruce, maybe we just have to figure out some better ways to cook them for sure. Um, but yeah, that's great. Other things, Kim, are um, like sandwiches. Sandwiches are easy, like, uh, or wraps are great. Yogurt, cottage cheese with berries and granola, things like that that are easy to do. I love bento boxes. Like you take some whole grain crackers, some turkey, uh, some low fat cheese, maybe even like some grapes and you make like a little bento box and you can kind of snack on that. Those are easy ways to kind of get meals in that are not super time consuming and don't require any heating. Netsay, that's a great name. Netsay, hopefully I'm saying that right. All right, well, Bruce is coming on late. Bruce, I thought of you this weekend. You know why? I went and saw the movie Flash. I was like, Bruce Wayne, pretty funny. On that topic, quick protein options without carbs or much fat. I have a hard time eating enough without protein powder. Uh, protein options without carbs or much fat. So uh, things obviously, well, here's the deal is I don't mind people having a, a protein shake a day. I think that there's, I think people are so worried about eating too much protein powder. Whey protein is one of the best. If you have a high quality protein powder, and if you don't, I'll send you the link to what I recommend. Um, high quality protein powder is one of the best ways to get a complete protein with all the amino acids, very good quality protein powder. Um, but easy options for protein that don't have much carbs or fat. Um, I like egg whites, uh, cottage cheese, non-fat Greek yogurt, uh, chicken breast, obviously boneless, skinless chicken thighs are going to have a little bit of fat along with extra lean ground beef, shrimp, white fish, um, turkey, tuna, ham is even low fat, uh, ro roast beef tends to be a little bit lower fat. Um, those are all, uh, turkey jerky, uh, low fat turkey pepperonis. Um, you can even find like more processed guys, but if you're looking for different things like the turkey hot dogs, um, in fact, there's even a, a beef hot dog that I think is like 97% fat free, which summertime, if you guys are looking for some variety on the grill this, this summer, those are all good things. Uh, there are some varieties of chicken sausage that are a little bit lower fat, but they're going to be a little bit less protein. So you can kind of, I will normally recommend people doing like maybe egg whites with some chicken sausage to kind of balance it out a little bit. You'll get a little bit more protein. Um, those are all good, quick, 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 yeah, quick protein options. I think that you can find a lot of those things pre-made as well. You know, so they don't, they all, all of those things don't take a long time. In fact, even pork tenderloin guys, super lean. It's just about as lean as chicken and it cooks pretty quickly. It stays very tender. I like that as well. Great questions. Is fitness in a hundred words outdated? Eat meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar. Keep intake to those that support body fat or performance, but not body fat. 
learn uh, snatch, clean and jerk, deadlift, squat. I, I got to remember all these words. I used to know the whole thing. Um, often run, row, swim, bike, learn to play new sports. I mean, what am I missing? Bruce Wayne. That's pretty much all of it. I should, I should look it up and see how close I did. Um, I actually don't think it's, it's outdated. I think that it's mis, uh, misinterpreted my opinion. Um, I think that the fitness in 100 words is a great, just like anything, it's a baseline, right? Um, I think that people can take things too literally and realize that that's not the goal. If we're doing that, the majority of our life, we're probably living pretty healthy, but I think people take things to extremes. You know, I don't think that paleo was ever meant to be a, uh, a diet that was for athletes. Why did they come up with the paleo for athletes? But I think that we all gravitated towards paleo and now all of a sudden CrossFit promoted paleo and it's, you know, crushing athletes because they're not getting enough calories. Well, no, there was paleo for athletes and, and that was including things like bagels and bread. So just saying. Yeah. And that's only the first part of the hundred words, Bruce. Um, all right. So let's say I hate protein for breakfast. What do you eat? So if you only eat a piece of toast with coffee, that's definitely not enough and likely definitely not enough protein. So you might do well with adding some protein powder to your coffee. Um, I would recommend, I can send you a link to the protein that I use. Uh, a lot of people like to use the collagen there. That's a great thing. Um, you can also make a high protein spread for your toast. So I don't know what you're typically using right now. Um, a couple of options. This may sound really weird at say, um, but I like cottage cheese and there's only one type of cottage cheese that I like. It's the 2% breakstones. The other ones, I just, I'm very sensitive to like the taste that one. I really enjoy it's salty. Um, but if you take your toast and you spread it with a little bit of sugar-free jam, and then you top it with the cottage cheese, it is so good. It's one of my favorites. You can also buy the powdered peanut butter. And I like to mix the powdered peanut butter. I'll do like 15 grams of that with a 15 grams of real peanut butter. That's going to bump up the protein and get you a little bit more protein there. And I'm going to spread that on my bread. Also, the type of toast you eat can give you a little bit more protein. So I get the Sarah Lee 45 calorie slice that does have a little bit more protein in it. So if I have like three pieces of that, it's only about 27 carbs. And I think it's also like 12 grams of protein. So looking at smart ways to do that as well would be helpful for you. You don't have to just eat eggs. Um, you can do some different things. Low fat cheese is also a good option. Um, those are all good options for protein at breakfast time. These are good questions, guys. All right. Well, I think that I am good. If y'all have anything else, please leave them because I am doing a Q&A tomorrow. And so join me tomorrow night at 5 p.m. in my Facebook group for that one. That one won't be on here. Um, eggs are definitely good. Kenneth, I agree. Love me some over, over easy eggs. Or honestly, you know what I haven't had in a while is poached eggs. Growing up, my grandfather used to make me poached eggs every single Sunday. You do the toast, the butter, two poached eggs. Man, I was good with my Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, it was great. So, but anyways, guys, I have been rambling now uh, just because I love talking to my peeps. If you guys have anything else you want me to answer, please shoot me a message. Uh, if you guys want me to help you with your food audit, shoot me a message. I'm here for you all. Um, but until tomorrow, please, I'll talk to y'all soon.